0: Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham, with us on the Weekly Standard. Also with me in Philadelphia, though not in the same room, is Steve Hayes. You're still at at the um, motel with the numeral behind it. Is that right, Steve?
1: Uh, no, I actually got a, a slightly better hotel this time. In Cleveland, what? I was 35 minutes away. This time I'm in downtown Philly, which is nice.
0: Well, that's, well, then I'm in the hotel that they originally had you for then, because I've got numerals above the door and scary things crawling around. But anyway, speaking of th- scary things crawling around, I ran into Susan Sarandon and Danny Glover at their protest yesterday on behalf of the Team Bernie. They were here at the media tent and protesting, and it is abs- it was hilarious, Steve. It really was. There's a lot more tension at this convention than was evident at the uh, Republican National Convention.
1: You know, it's interesting. I think it depends where you are and what you're seeing. Uh, I had this very interesting experience on uh, Monday night, the opening night of the convention, where I had chosen to come back to my room to watch the proceedings from my room on television so that I was seeing it the way that you know television viewers are seeing it, right. Most of America is seeing it, and uh, talked to a national political analyst whose name we'd all know the next day and uh, who had been on the floor. And he said to me, "Oh my gosh, incredible disunity! There's you know protests on the on the floor. delegations were chanting and yelling, disrupting the proceedings. If there's another three days of this, Donald Trump is going to be president and I had almost exactly the opposite impression, having watched it on t v and flipping around the cable channels and the networks. It seemed pretty orderly with a couple of you know little minor kerfuffles here and there." But nothing big, so I think it depends on on how you're taking this information in.
0: I agree with you completely. In uh, Cleveland, the logistics are really solid for most of us, except you. And uh, it was even easier to get around. Here they have us in a tent that flooded the first night that was taken over the second night by protesters. I was actually held hostage by the Bernie bots for a couple hours. And on, so on the ground, it's really lousy. You know, De- Deborah Watson-Schultz gets fired, and there's chance of let her, uh, uh, lock her up from the Democrats. Not from Republicans, Steve, but Democrats were chanting lock her up twice, two nights in in a row and yet I agree with you the TV production far more impressive for the Democrats than for the Republicans Republicans had a well-organized junior high school stage play and here we have chaos backstage but Hollywood out in front of the curtain
1: yeah I think that's right and 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 I think that the convention for the Democrats took an important turn last night and we have a terrific piece up on our website by Jonathan last uh, providing his analysis of this. And Jonathan had written on on Friday, I believe, uh, he predicted how the Democrats would try to attack Trump and why it would fail. And he was right for the first two days of the convention. They attacked Trump as a conventional Republican, attacked his alleged conservatism, you know, talked about the culture issues uh, that are... A favorite of the things of the delegates here to talk about, but not criticizing Trump in a way that was likely to uh, really hurt him with the electorate at large. It would fire up their base here on the floor in Philadelphia. But, you know, beyond that, they're talking about things that probably don't affect voters in, you know, Wisconsin and Missouri and 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 elsewhere. Last night, that all changed. And again, Jonathan's got a great piece up on our website today describing how that changed with Joe Biden's speech, Barack Obama's speech and Mike Bloomberg's speech, criticizing Trump as unfit for office, uh, mentally unstable, um, a a number of things that I think were designed to to make voters worried about casting uh, a vote in favor of Trump.
0: Well, it's not like Trump did anything on Wednesday to highlight that, like, oh, talking about the Russians, you know, uh, finding Hillary's emails for us, or oh, wait, yeah. I mean, uh, so, well, first of all, I want to correct. Believe- I want to yeah. correct the story. You are one of the people who got it right. The headlines that are saying Donald Trump was asking the uh, Russians to commit espionage on Hillary Clinton is just nonsense. The one person we know for a fact that doesn't have any record of her emails is hillary the servers wiped clean they've been ground into dust her lawyers have you know sworn to secrecy or been eliminated i mean she's the one place that is absolutely hillary clinton email free she's not asking for espionage what he's asking is for the russians to release what he knows they or suspects and we all kind of know that they already have because they hacked into her server years ago
1: although that's true although trump trump when he asked the russians to release the emails said that he hopes that they would find them which suggests he doesn't know what he's talking about no no almost no, no. Certainly he knows the they russians mean... have them almost certainly the the russians have them
0: yeah but he meant find them you know in the third drawer from the left there in the you know <laughs> gru yep, yep. office or whatever i mean they, they, they he knows they know where they are but having said that where are we on the uh trump email all, all this nonsense
1: well look i mean I, a couple things are true one None of this is a problem for Hillary Clinton as it relates to her personal server and the emails that she deleted um, if she didn't circumvent the government's record retention requirements and security requirements. So, I mean, ultimately, she is to blame for this. And it is ironic that Democrats are now crying national security threat after Trump's comments yesterday when they had sort of shrugged off the idea that this was, this was a national security threat since it was first reported, I believe, back in March of 2015. So the Democrats have gotten themselves into a bit of a box on on this question. There's no question about it. However, uh, I think what Donald Trump said yesterday was deeply irresponsible, suggesting that the Russians, uh, basically suggesting that, that the Russians use their cyber attacks on an American uh, political party in order to influence a, the outcome of a U.S. election. That is a crazy thing to uh, to ask them to do. And I, while he didn't condone espionage, and you're right to make the distinction that you made um, when we first started talking about this, I do think he's basically green-lighted future espionage. I mean, if you, if you're saying to an emerging enemy of the United States, hey, look, we'd really like to use the information that you may have hacked from one of our political parties. Um, aren't you, in effect, giving permission for them to do it in the future if if there's no problem using that information? I mean, I think it's it, it's a really troubling set of developments that, that Trump uh, kicked off with his comments yesterday. And I don't buy that he was joking or being sarcastic. I've now watched the video of the press conferences of those answers probably half a dozen times each, transcribed them, written about them. You know, he was asked if he was troubled that, that Putin might use this information to influence U.S. election. He said it doesn't bother him. Um, I don't think he was kidding.
0: With Donald Trump, you can't discern the difference between the comedy and the crazy. Steve, that's the point of Donald Trump. Let me get back to the Democrats in the convention. Hillary Clinton, a big speech Thursday night coming up as you and I speak. You know, we're, we're headed that way. Do you think it really matters if she gives a barn burner, stemwinder speech or if she just passes the cane standard? You know, I'm here. I speak words. They go together. Uh, w- won't that be enough for her? I don't think
1: so. I mean, <laughs> I think she needs a heck of a speech. Um, really? The problem, to a certain extent, is that is that Barack Obama, I think, gave one of the better speeches of his presidency uh, last night here at the convention. And when people are going are, are to see Obama and Clinton on successive nights, I mean, there is this sort of metaphorical passing of the torch that's taking place. We saw it begin last night. It'll end tonight. And that's what people are voting on, in effect. Do you want... To, to have Barack Obama pass the torch to Hillary Clinton and more or less continue what he's been doing. Um, I think if she comes in and bombs tonight after his impressive speech, uh, it'll be, uh, she'll have some making up to do. Um, now, I, I think her, her staff has reportedly been working on the speech for months. Um, I would expect that it will be a well-written speech. But following, uh, you know, the three, I think, best speakers of this convention, Bill Clinton, um, Joe Biden, and Barack Obama, and I'm talking about style here more than substance. Hillary Clinton has, uh, you know, that's a tall task. Each of those speakers is able to speak in a way that can make you feel like you're almost having a conversation with them, um, particularly Clinton and Biden. And Hillary doesn't talk like that. She is you know, stilted, and if you saw any of the speech that she gave at the VFW the other day, it was as if she was hit by a tranquilizer dart. What's the scene in the Will Ferrell movie? I forget which movie it was, where he's shot by the tranquilizer dart, and then everything moves in slow motion. That's how she was speaking, Uh, the other day at the VFW, and it was so off-putting and, you know, it certainly didn't sound like she was connecting with her audience. If she does that again here tonight, uh, that will be a a disaster for her.
0: Well, we will see what happens tonight, and there will be special podcast updates immediately after Hillary Clinton's speech, and then on Friday. So stay tuned to WeeklyStandard.com as we continue to break you news and analysis from here in Philadelphia. Steve Hayes, thanks so much for your time.
1: You bet. Thanks, Michael.